0: Good morning. It's good to see you all here today. hope you come expecting good things from the Lord. Is that true? Good. Well, let's get into some words then. If you brought a Bible with you, go with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 and also 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Those two places will get us to where we need to be, at least to start. I want to continue with our series related to the testimonies you've been Watching, By the way, you can watch these testimonies and view them again on our website, or you can get on there and share them and uh, send them around and uh, let them impact other people's lives as well. But we're talking about life changes, of course, from two different angles. One is we're celebrating, aren't we? We're celebrating lives uh, that have changed, things that have already been altered and uh, improved. And then also... Declaring the message that God changes lives, and if you you 're here today and you might be uh, you know like him or, or others that we 've already uh, shown you or completely different, but know that God wants to do a work in your life and to, to where that you 'll uh, absolutely be a different person and and great improvement by the way, praise God, Acts chapter three and verse nineteen. It reads, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Notice the the tie-in here, the connection. He said, Repent, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, and all that's to this end that you could receive a refreshing from the Lord. You know, that's really what He wants. It's really what He desires to do in your life is He wants to refresh, wants to revive, wants to, wants to stir and bring good things to pass in your life. So sometimes there needs to be some alterations made from our decision standpoint that will allow God's refreshing to come in to our lives. All right. If you're feeling like you're needing a refreshing today, I believe you're in the right place and good things are going to happen. But there may need to be some decisions made. There may need to be some, some changes of thinking that takes place in your mind. Let me remind you of this verse again from the Amplified Bible. Check this out. It says, So repent. Change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean. At times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. And so we see that when we talk about repenting, what are we talking about? Change. We're talking about a change of mind that ends up in a change of action, right? We're talking about doing things different, but we're talking really about things that begin on the inside, and this changing of the mind is is what accesses the changes that we need in life. Praise the Lord. And so go with me to 2 Corinthians 5 now as well, 2 Corinthians the 5th chapter. Now I was sharing with you the last time in this, the previous part of this message about our new identity and how we must have a change of identity in our own, in our own mentality, in our own view of ourselves if we're ever going to experience the benefits of our salvation 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say, that's me. Yeah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's good news. Old is gone. The new has come. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, now what do you mean now? Well, Because the old guy died, and the new guy is risen, because the past is gone, the old has been removed, and because new things have come into being, now, verse 18, now all things are of God. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't that? That's speaking about you and me. Talking about you. All things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself. Through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation praise God but again that's quite a statement now all things are of God I don't know if you view yourself that way some some people might feel like they're you know patting themselves on the back tooting their own horn getting kind of lifted up in pride and arrogance and that type of thing to say about themselves that everything right here it's all God <laughs> I mean, just kind of doesn't sound right, huh? But yeah, that's what the Scripture says. Now, for the person who's in Christ, the, the old you, the ugly you, the evil you, the sinful you, the, the mistake-prone you, gone. Now, the new one, the new man has arisen. And now, all things are of God. Now, that might sound simple, might be something we've heard a thousand times, but... If I can adapt that mentality that the old is gone and the new has come and that's all there is left, it will enable and empower me to experience God's best. But if I view myself still as the old guy trying to live right, still as the the, the bad guy trying to pull my act together and live a better life, I'm going to have a great challenge on my hand. Have you ever seen... Uh, On TV, uh, uh, movies will often uh, be about individuals who have been in a witness relocation program. Know about that? I guess that's real. I don't know anybody. Anybody in here in that program? (laughs) All right. I I imagine you're not allowed to tell. (laughs) But you know, when... Uh, When someone is involved in that, like they testified in a court case, and of course they don't want the bad guy and the bad guy's friends to come get you, Uh, so they give them a whole new identity, move to a different part of the country, you know, new names, new job, new everything, and uh, you know, and they're not allowed to call people and associate with things of their past, they can't be really in the public eye too much, and uh And all these things, it's really interesting. I mean, I imagine that would be quite a challenge to totally cut yourself off from your previous life and to become this new person. But I guess, you know, it's necessary for their survival in those situations. Can you see a parallel with what our life is in Christ? I tell you, there needs to be a relocation right up here. You don't necessarily have to cut off all your friends and family and and move across the country But there does need to be a clean break. That clean break is a spiritual reality. It is an accomplished fact in Christ. But must become a present reality. Something that we are mindful of in our own lives. That I am just not that person anymore. I don't mean we have to change our name. But we have to have, uh, you know, we have to identify ourselves not as that person. But now a new creation in Christ. This is who I am today. I'm no longer that person. Don't talk about me. I'm not going to think about myself that way. I'm not going to you know, remember myself as being that person. No, it's different from this point on. And if we could really do that with every person who makes Jesus their Lord and Savior, get a clean break there, but it has to take place right here. Then watch. Then Oh, I mean, the blessings of God, the favor of God, his life, that relationship would thrive instead of limping along like it's done for many of us for so many years. We just kind of limp along. Yeah, we're a Christian. Yeah, we're going to heaven when we die. But in the meantime, it's like we're half dead still. It's like that, you know, it's like the coffin is wiggling. You know what I'm talking about? The guy, old things are passed away, but we're like we're still dragging him around everywhere we go. <laughs> You know, like when David cut off Goliath's head and he carried that head around for a few weeks. It's gross, isn't it? As <laughs> his spoil, as his trophy. Well, you're not supposed to carry around the old guy that died when you became born again for a few weeks or a few days or, or at any time. But if we can make this clean break, it'll really help us. Go over with me to First John. That's a right turn towards the end of the Bible, right before Revelation over there. 1 John chapter 3. When we talk about our new identity, let me remind you of this simple definition. To identify with means that that someone regards themselves as sharing the same characteristic or thinking as someone else. When we talk about identifying with Jesus... In Christ is the Bible language. What are we saying? Now, this is strong language, but we're saying that we have the same characteristics, we have the same thinking as Jesus. We're saying that we're just like Him. Now, if this makes you nervous at all, don't move because we'll totally know it's you. All right? (laughs) But I want you to hold on and think about these things and ponder them today because I think we can leave here. on a higher place, in a higher place. And it's not because God lifted us up, but it's because we acknowledge and recognize what He's already done. All right, And so we have this new position, this new place in Christ. And in this place, we, I'm talking anyone who's saved now. I'm sure there are those who are not yet in the family of God, and we'll give you a chance in a bit here. But for anyone who's in Christ, you are just like Jesus. Isn't that good? Now I don't know. I mean, I know one of the guys after the first service, he wanted. He told me he wanted his wife to, you know, start looking at him different from now on, because he wanted her to know that he was just like Jesus. He missed the point a little bit, uh, but not not altogether, because that this is a spiritual reality. Now let's look at the verse. First John chapter three. And verse 1, 3 and 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Now now think about it for a moment. That might seem like no big deal. If that seems like no big deal to you, that statement, that that verse right there, all that means is you don't get it. All right? Because as soon as we get it, big deal. Refrigerator worthy. We're talking this is a good verse. <laughs> he said that we should be called children of God. Well, aren't we all children of God? I mean, isn't everyone on the planet a a child of God? No. No. And it's that blending that that watering down of our mentality that gives us this ultimate image that we're really no different than everyone else once we're saved, once we're in Christ. We're kind of all just the same, except, you know, we get to go to heaven. And that watering down, that blending, that muck and just nothing hinders us greatly from walking with God. To be declared a child of God is to declare that you and I are different than we were. Separate from the world. Changed spiritually and eternally. This is quite an outstanding thing to have God Himself declare an individual to be His child. All right, again, not everyone. Everyone is his creation, but Jesus referred to individuals at times. He, he said, You are of your father, the devil. He told some people, You're not a child of God, you're a child of the devil. <laughs> Yikes. But when it comes to a person receiving their salvation, or you can see it in this verse right here, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us when we receive the father's love we are declared his child and if i am declared his child that that carries a lot of weight with us i'm now in the family i now have a key to the front door access to the refrigerator i'm in the will i i've taken on the family name you know everyone better know what i'm talking about this is not just a polite phrase we're in in the family, in the family of God, no longer am I just identified with natural lineage. No longer am I just identified with, hey, I had my, my family, they've always been this, and they're, they're, you know, it goes back and they're always this. Sometimes people identify that way with disease. My, my dad had heart trouble, my, my grandpa had heart trouble, my great-grandpa had heart trouble, and uh, I have heart trouble. Well, no. Once you come in Christ, you're no longer connected to that family. Say, so, well, what about generational curses? I'm only one generation removed from the father. How's your ancestry look? Well, there's me, born of God. He's been around forever. That's it. Isn't that clean up the family tree? <laughs> I mean, nowadays, you know, it can get kind of spooky. <laughs> they're just all over the map uh, and then you come in Christ and it's just mm, everything's good now I'm not saying I disassociate or disacknowledge my natural family I don't honor my parents and and all that kind of stuff we love that and that there can be a lot of good things there but I know a lot of people have there's a it's just a whole lot of garbage and baggage and just a whole lot of things you want to disassociate with not to dishonor an individual necessarily but th- there's just a lot of things that have been passed down and you feel like and you see yourself as one of them. One of whatever it is. And a lot, of, most of the time that's negative. But I'm telling you, God has declared. He has bestowed upon us His love. And now we are called children of God. He goes on to say, therefore the world does not know us. Why? Why does the world not know us? Why does the world look at us and go, I don't see anything there. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Was a difference in, in your life? Why, why doesn't the world know us? Because it did not know Him, Him who Jesus. What's the scripture comparing here again? You and Jesus. You can't compare us to Jesus. Oh yes, you can. And yes, we are supposed to. He is the first begotten, the first born from the dead, the first son. You know, just a side note. I know I, this messes up people's religion, but that's why we come to church, right? Jesus is no longer the only son he's God's only begotten son no he's not was now he's the firstborn among many because we have come into the family yeah now he's still the preeminent one of course and he's still the savior but we're in the same family aren't we hmm I don't know about that one well he said the world does not know us because it did not know him because you and him are the same me and Jesus were the same exactly Verse 2, beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. When we come face to face, what's going to happen? Oh, full revelation, revealing of the fact that, hey, there's Jesus. He's just like me. Wow, I'm standing before Jesus, and I'm I'm just like Him. You know, back in the beginning, before sin came into being, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, and He created man in His own image, and according to His, his own likeness. God's, that's always been God's plan, that He would create us to be like Him. Not, not so far removed, so far different. Sometimes people think of God and man almost like man and dog. You know, like, hopefully you see yourself as far more intelligent than a dog. and a far superior uh, person i know nowadays people question that don't they they just talk about food chains and stuff and whatever (laughs) anyway but then they see god god is way up here and we are way down here and i'm telling you sin knocked man down a good bit but you know what the scripture says that we were created a little lower than god not a lot lower a little lower it's in the Psalms. It says angels in most translations, but the Greek word is Elohim. It's the word God. We were created a little lower than God. You know, the Lord never intended for you to see yourself as just nothing, worm of the dust, so far removed that you can't hardly relate to God. He's just so much beyond and so mysterious. No, so mysterious. He, he, he created us in a way where we would, would acknowledge Him as our God, our Creator, as all wisdom and knowledge, but on a, lever, a level where we could communicate where he could have a relationship. It really is. And see, this is God's idea. He's got big shoulders. He's very, very secure. He's not concerned about you intruding on his space. You know? I mean, if someone wants to do what Lucifer did and step in to say, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Okay, you've crossed the line. Right? But if we recognize he is our all in all and he is our creator, he wants us to have a, an estimation of ourselves that is accurate with the way he created us. Now of course sin came into the picture, messed a whole lot of things up. But now Jesus came to restore us to that re- that relationship with the Father, and He came to give us a standing with Him, to where we are now called sons of God, children of God, and we can have that relationship with Him once again. Now look at the fourth chapter there, First John, First John, the fourth chapter. So we're going to see him as he is and we're going to re- we're going to recognize a whole lot of things that have been true the whole time. True the whole time about us. 1 John 4:17 it says love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now that seems kind of difficult right there, doesn't it? Judgment day is kind of scary, isn't it? Judgment day, yeah. So you're going to have boldness on that day. Because, here, here's why we're going to have boldness. Because as he is, so are we going to be one day. As Jesus is, we sure long for, but no it could never happen. Scripture says, as he is, as he is, present tense right here, right now, so are we in this world. What's the Bible telling us? You've been declared a child of God. You're in Christ. You have a relation. You're just like Him. You know what as Jesus is right now? That's the way you are right now. Someone said, I've never thought of myself that way. This is what religion does to human beings. Let me say something that, that might be, you know, kicking over a sacred cow. But in religious church circles, it is very commonly said, very commonly stated, Well, we're all sinners, old sinners, usually. We're all old sinners saved by grace. And usually, that gets a lot of applause. And that gets a lot of amens. That gets a lot of agreement. Yep, we are sad. It's sad, isn't it? But then thank God for His grace. And what that is communicating is that when we had an, our encounter with Jesus, we were basically left the same. Except for we add heaven onto the end of our physical life. But we were left the same. Old sinner. What happened to old things have passed away? What happened to all things are new? I'm not old anything. Old guy died. New guy came out of the grave with Jesus. Yeah. And see, here's, what, here's what's often said. You're an, you're an old sinner. You're a pathetic creature. You know, and then there's some positives usually said. I don't mean people say it's all negative. They talk about grace and mercy and so forth. But, but you're an old sinner. But stop sinning. Right? Now, this is who you are, but quit it. That's like telling the plumber to stop plumbing. Telling the writer to stop writing. You know what I'm talking about? If someone is something and it's reaffirmed again and again and again, this is who you are. Don't forget it. Never leave your place. Recognize what you are. Recognize who you are. But live completely opposite of that. That's difficult. That's hard to pull off. However, what if someone came along and said, you used to be that way, but you're changed. I've washed you. I've cleansed you. I've made you right. I've made you holy in my sight. My righteousness has been accounted to you. Now you stand holy, clean, and pure. Now live that way. Now I'm living out of who I am and I'm recognizing that in Christ I am free. I am victorious. I am risen up. False humility doesn't like to acknowledge uh, and embrace the change that's already taken place. It always has to knock us back down. Knock us back down to make us think like we're nothing. We're you know losers, just old sinners saved by grace instead of new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. All things become new. Look with me at Romans chapter 6. Can we go further this today? I don't want to rip anybody off. Come all this way to church. Want to have a good connection. friend of mine told me the other day, said a pastor in my city came to me and told me, we're changing our church, changing our church services. We're doing 45 minutes now. He told him, Each service is going to be 45 minutes. He said, we're doing, our church is becoming Jesus light. He said that, I mean, out loud, like not the inner voice, but he told him, Jesus light. I'm going Jesus heavy today, if that's all right with you. Uh, Whatever, I can't do Jesus light if it, if it Jesus light then i have a little bit of salvation a lot of problems <laughs> okay, you know what i'm talking about more jesus more victory more relationship more love more faith more healing more everything good jesus is our all in all hallelujah romans chapter 6 verse 4 therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death who was we was right we were we were what buried just, that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life comparing us to jesus jesus died and you died with him and jesus was raised and so you are raised you walk in newness of life don't walk in oldness of life or oldness of death the old Uh, the old dead guy we walk in newness of life because of what Jesus did there is a constant identity and comparison in the New Testament with the one who believes and the resurrected Jesus putting us in the same sentence putting us in the same place no we're not the Savior no we're not taking over the lordship position that he has but we are in him no longer dead, but alive in, in Christ. Verse 5: For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, so, just a real quick side note: I know that uses the language shall be. It's not referring to some future event. We can look at many scriptures like Ephesians 2 that tell us that we were already raised with Christ. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That is our spiritual position today for all who are saved. Okay? Not going to be raised. The physical body will be changed. But we're already in a spiritually raised position. Verse 6, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, that's real clear, I think. Old guys died, dead, and new guys risen. How? When Jesus died, we died. When He was raised, we we were raised. Positionally, God did that for all of us in Jesus. When you said, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life, it just was activated in you spiritually. And you, you experienced a personal, eternal resurrection from the dead. Yeah. And from this point now, we adapt our thinking to match that experience. But if I experience that and then am taught that I'm still the old guy, I'm still the defeated one, I'm still broke and sick and depressed and poor and without and weak, then my experience in life, day to day, will not match my experience of resurrection in Christ. And that's the condition too often of most believers experiencing Christ it's one it's done it's final it's forever it's victorious it's 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 causing parties to happen in heaven rejoicing with the angels but on earth thank God I get to go to heaven when I die and it kind of ends there there's a common belief in different circles that every Christian today is like a has a dual nature. Some theolo- theologic theologians I'm trying to put two words together. <laughs> Some uh, theologians will say it that way that Christians have a dual nature. We have a sinful nature and then we also have a righteous nature in Christ. That is kind of confusing. That's schizophrenic. That's self defeating. I'm telling you, the Lord wants us not to continue to identify with the dead part, the passed away part, but completely with the new. When you were born again, God didn't leave in you a sin nature. Your nature was changed to be just like Him. The only thing that remains is the mentality, is the thinking. It is, it, it is the, the worldly system that we've been trained in and trained even when we had an unregenerate, um, sinful nature. It, it's it's kind of like if, if you had a, a, a friend or a relative, maybe you had an uncle that taught you a lot of things growing up, taught you some trade or some life, life skills, and then that uncle died. How many know when he died... He didn't extract everything He taught you to go with Him. What He taught you stayed with you. And you continue to have that knowledge and, uh, and the things that you learned. Likewise, it is when you and I came to Christ, all the knowledge of sin, of destruction, of unbelief, of of doom and gloom, and, uh, and all the things that we have picked up through our sin nature... And through the fallen world, it didn't leave. You just had a resurrected spirit. You just had a, a, a new connection with God. But right up here, still thinking like a sinner. Still seeing things a little bit skewed. And that's why we come to the Word of God and we get our minds renewed. Now we come and we have to learn to see ourselves different, to see others different, to see our actions, our behavior, our nature, our possibility, our potential different than we saw it before. But not, well, I'm a, I'm a sinner and I'm a righteous person. Mm, that seems really hard. And how is that like Jesus? If as He is, so are we in this world. you saying Jesus kind of got the sin nature thing going on too? The sin that He bore on the cross is what I'm talking about. When he took on that sin of ours, did he hold on to it? When he came out out of the grave, he said, victorious and defeated at the same time. Because that's what sin is. That's what that mentality is. It is defeat. It is subjection to the law of the spirit of death in this world. But I tell you, in no way did the Lord leave any remnants of the old man. In no way did he leave a, a sense, an identity of, of, of shame, of guilt, of defeat, of inferiority. But in all ways, in all areas, he brought us new life. And now we just need to see it. Let, let me, let's go over to 2 Corinthians 3. I want to finish up over here today. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. What, what does God say about you Today? Not what do you say about yourself or what do others uh, say about you or wh- how does the world define you. What does the Lord say about your present condition in Christ? I, I know uh, years ago we were, we, we were having a, a youth camp and one of the teenage girls came forward and she was being ministered to and a word of knowledge came about her situation. And I, 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 I reached over I, I whispered in her ear, no one else heard this. But now you'll hear it. I said, y- your, your mom says you're a whore, but God says it's not true. And she collapsed and hit the floor. She, she had believed. How I many you know sometimes what parents say to children can be very influential? She believed what she was told, she identified with it and said, This is who I am. And the Lord wanted to give her a new identity. I said, No, that's not who I see. That's not who I say you are. That's not what I'm calling you to be. I'm calling you to be something new, something better, something more powerful, and uh, something that's of me. Maybe people have said things about you. You'll never amount to anything. You're just a uh, whatever. Well, what does God say about you? Someone said, you know, I, some people call me just never going to do anything important or... Other people call me greedy and, uh, I don't know, whatever people say about you. You don't have to accept it. So, well, what if it's true? True in who? True in you or true in Christ? When you come into Christ, you can start denying what's true in you. And say, well, I can see why people would say that and they would think that. But you know what? I'm having a name change. Relocation program happening in my life. Now I'm in Him. He has bestowed His love upon me. And I'm His child. And what He's like, that's what I'm like. And you start, you know, we start seeing ourselves this way, it'll start affecting our our activity, how we act in life, our ability to overcome. All right, let's read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Notice with me verse 17. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18, But we all with unveiled face. Now, I've got to stop for a moment. Unveiled face, what does that mean? You read the context. He's talking about Moses when he went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. He was in the presence of the glory of God for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't even have to eat for 40 days. He's just in the glory. At one point, you know, he saw God's back. Couldn't look at his face. But he's having this time in the presence and glory of God. When he came down off the mountain, you know what was going on? This guy was turned on like a light bulb. High beams, you know. He was, he was glowing. He was, he was bright. He was shining. I don't even know if he realized it. But he's coming off the mountain and is like, oh, wow. <laughs> In fact, when he went down to speak to them and tell them these things, he had to put a veil over his face. They couldn't look at him. He was so bright. The glory and presence of God was on him. And think about it. That's the Old Testament. That's the law. And that's what's called the ministry of condemnation. And yet it was so glorious. And what Paul's saying is in this new covenant in Jesus, it is far more glorious. So he's talking about Moses with his veiled face. And he goes on to say, beholding as in a mirror, but we all with unveiled face, veil removed, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Think about it. Now watch. In a mirror, the glory of the Lord. What do you see in a mirror? Yourself. How could I look at myself and see the glory of the Lord? Unless what the Bible says about us is true that we've been glorified, justified, that we've been made alive. That the resurrected Christ lives on the inside. The spirit of life is in us. And they said, we with unveiled face, take the veil down and look. What do you see? Say, all I see is me. That's the problem. In Christ, there is no you. But it's Christ who lives in us. Now I see. I'm not supposed to see me, my past, my failures, my mistakes, all the things that I can't do. I'm supposed to have a new vision here. A new revelation. Not of who I am in me, but who I am in him. And now I look in the mirror and I see what? The glory of God. The glory of God. And where's it at? It's way out there. No. It's right in here. God has deposited his glory in you. To the degree that I maintain a mentality of unworthiness, of unholiness. I'm so different from God. I'm rejected and all this kind of stuff. Man, all I'm doing is hiding that glory. All I'm doing is veiling the reality of Jesus from shining in and through my life and enabling me to live a life that would honor Him. What are we doing? Let's look at the mirror. Not just a physical mirror. We're looking at what God has said. We're looking at the words of God. And every time I see, this is who you are in me. This is what I say about you. This is who you are in Christ. I'm seeing the glory of God. But not as something I still have to obtain. Something that is a present tense reality in my life today. I don't know about you, but I'm having a good time saying this right now. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. This is the same... I didn't read the rest of the verse. I guess I better. Before we finish. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're being what? Transformed. That's not talking about the new birth. When you were born again, your spirit was instantly made right with God. Instantly made like Him. But the transformation is outward. The transformation is in our life day to day. When does it happen? When I look, when I behold the glory of God in me, it alters me continually. And I get better and better and better and more glorious and more glorious. It's the same word from Romans chapter 12. Where the scripture said that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's really the same principle here. Just kind of said in a different way. Meta, metamorphosis is the English word. Metamorphu is the Greek word for transformation here. When we look, it, we go from caterpillar to butterfly. You start looking at the glory of God. Where, where, where? As a present tense reality in your own life through the new birth. You start seeing that every day more and more and more. You start to grow wings. Huh? And then you can avoid being stepped on, and you can fly. And you look far better in Christ than you do crawling around on the ground, you little worm. Right? No, no. I see the glory of God in me, and it lifts me. And it brings out the potential of what God had in mind when he said, I have declared you to be sons, to be children of God. Amen. (laughs) And so our outward selves change little by little to reflect this inner glory. And this really establishes this great Bible principle that you become what you behold. Whatever you look at again and again, more and more, you adapt those qualities. What should we be looking at? I tell you what, we can stay all day long focused on gloom, despair, and agony on me, and everything I've done wrong, and everything everyone else thinks about me, and and, and just drive ourselves into into a dark place. Or we could say, Lord, I'm just going to accept. I have a hard time with this, maybe. I'm going to accept what you said is true. I am risen. I am resurrected with Jesus. And I am alive today to glorify you. Praise God. We are not the sick trying to get well. In Christ, wellness, health is established. There is none of it in Jesus. So there is none in us. What should I look at? I can look at the feelings. I can look at a negative report. Or I can look at Jesus and see myself in him. We are not the poor trying to survive. No, that's not who Jesus is. We are not the depressed trying to have a find a good joke to lift us up. This is who we are in Him. Stand up on your feet with me today. Let the Lord give, paint you a new picture. Let the Word of God become alive in your, in your mind today. And that transformation is happening all around us. By us seeing things the Lord's way.